Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Now a show that's going to give you the truth about the biggest epidemic of our times. We're all a little crazy. Welcome to We're All a Little Crazy. I'm Darren Ravel, joined once again by Eric Hewson and Theo Fleury. And tonight we are going to be talking about sports and gambling. And obviously we've talked about various uh, pieces of uh, ways of coping uh, with mental health issues and things that happen. And we have the situation that came out a couple weeks ago. It really came out in, uh, in January uh, of 2021, when Evander Keen uh, of the San Jose Sharks filed for bankruptcy. Uh, and in the bankruptcy filing, there was a line item that said uh, $1.5 million in debts to gambling at a casino and via a bookie. Okay. Now, two years prior, he was sued for a half a million dollars by the Cosmopolitan in Vegas. But the gambling at a casino and via a bookie was something new, which didn't really get that much attention until Anna Kane, his estranged wife, uh, said in a Instagram post that he was betting on his own games, betting on hockey. And then the NHL launched an investigation. They said they found nothing. Uh, Anna Kane told the Action Network, who I work for, that she couldn't say anything and was not part of the investigation because she had a gag order. So that's where we're at. Obviously, uh, we have Theo here um, and and Eric, and I know there you guys have a lot of weighing in to do in general. Uh, so a, a initial responsible thoughts, because we've just had allegations, obviously, the league said they didn't find anything. Uh, but just just thoughts on a vice such as gambling in general, because normally here on this show, we're pretty much talking more about drugs and alcohol than gambling. So I guess, Theo, where where does where does gambling fall? Obviously, it's a big taboo among professional athletes on the outside it's the same uh brain connection you know dopamine serotonin you know it's that it's that connection right so um you know obviously you know i'm an ex uh gambler myself and uh you know but was i surprised with Vander kane no because his instagram account was you know, several times of him in Vegas with, you know, lots of stacks of high society where he was, you know, flaunting it. So, um, you know, my initial thought is, you know, I hope he gets the help that he needs because he's a really great hockey player and he's got, you know, he's got a family and he's got, you know, a couple of young kids that, you know, need their, need their dad and need their dad well. And, and, uh, you know, all those things. So, and I, and I, you know, of course, initially, um, you know, everybody loves to see the pro athlete go down, you know, go down in flames. And, uh, um, but unfortunately, um, it does happen. And, uh, it, and, uh, but, you know, addiction is addiction is addiction is addiction. And it doesn't matter which poison you choose eventually it takes you down until you know you get the help that you know you get the help that you need you know obviously uh gambling uh 
is um, becoming more and more popular uh, over, you know, all different kinds of platforms. And uh, obviously when you're watching a game and you have some skin in the game, uh, you know, it makes it more interesting. It makes it uh, more intriguing, more fun. Um, but ultimately, you know, we're, we're dealing in the mental health space and, and uh, you know, it, it can be a great coping mechanism. So obviously it simulates the same type of speed that, you know, it's when, when you're, you're on a gambling high or when you're gambling, it's the same type of speed that alcohol and drugs either go are going fast or going slow. Is it, mm -hmm. is it the exact same or are there differences? I think there's, you know, it's not cut and dried, but you know, the next time you're in a casino, go watch the slot players. They're, they're my favorite. Why? Because they smoke and they play the machine. So, so it's like serotonin, dopamine, serotonin, dopamine. Every time they take a drag of their cigarette, that's serotonin. Every time they hit the button, and then they have a and then they have a drink at the slot machine, and then they have a drink, and they do not care one iota if they win or not because all they're getting three hits of what they need to help them. You know, with their it's interesting. Like you bring up the um, it's interesting you bring up the slot machine, folks. I actually just got back from Vegas. I know Darren did too, but I got back last night and you watch those folks who sit at the the slot machines it's like they don't even react to whether they won or not nope. <laughs> it, 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 like is, it is true that is true that it's is a true, machine yeah. it, it a machine not just that the machine that they're putting the money in their brain is this machine and you're watching that they need the new fill and the new fill and new fill each time that's what gets them going and like i guess i'm i'm not wired that way other than you know in a work sense, and I'm going to get into that in a second, you know, you asked for initial thoughts, Darren, on this is, is Theo brings up all the time, trauma, addiction, mental health, suicide are all cousins living in the same house. So why, when there is a topic of Evander Keen and gambling, why is it that we bring this up on a show that talks about mental health is because what gambling is, is gambling is another form of when we are addicted to it, removing ourselves from pain right and and going towards something that feels good in the moment so as you're as theo's describing the slot machine player and i'm thinking about watching the slot machine player and and you know you think about evander kane and his life and and then and then darren you're asking how does someone get hooked on it or what are the mechanisms of it i mean for everyone out there think about you try a beer or alcohol for the first time and it's legal to drink alcohol that's not something that's been illegal. Um, and then, you know, granted, you're supposed to be 21. Most people try it before, but you get a certain buzz and like, oh, that buzz feels good. And I'm going to, well, then you start abusing it and you start going back to it more. And then there's things called wind down Wednesdays. And then there's things called having a wine before every night before going to sleep and, you know, saying that that is my natural Xanax, right? And, and, and all that fun stuff. And so, I think, you know, we had Kevin Stevens on, Theo, and this is the first show the three of us have been together on in a while. It's awesome to have the three of us back. And, and you know, in Kevin's case, he was like, I was given the cocaine for the first time when I was out in the club, and I was like, holy shit, this feels amazing. And then kept chasing it and going back to it and going back to it. And I think when we hear from people, it felt amazing. And, you know, certainly, Theo, you can you can – you know, confirm or deny this because, because look, you've been very open that you've tried every friggin' device that, that's out there <laughs> and you know what each of them do for us is I think the misnomer is that I'm chasing the fun. I think the reality is I'm chasing moving away from the pain. I think that's the bigger play there. Um, and, and not to say that doing these things doesn't come with fun, but you know, why does someone sit there at a slot machine and 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 look like uh uh you know their eyes are tuned out from the world and they're a zombie just doing it? It's because they like being in that situation relative to day to day what they're feeling. It's a way to zone out and get away from what what it what is bothering them. And you wish it was instead, 
I, I can go to the casino once every three months, once a year, whatever your cadence is, and it's fun high-fiving and playing craps. I, unfortunately, I don't think that's the case in many of the cases when you look around the casinos. Well, they, here's the thing here, is there's two addictions that you don't need exter or external chemicals uh, to produce to get the high that you need. One of them is gambling. The other one is sex addiction. You produce the chemicals in your own body, right? And so, you know, that's where it gets really dangerous. That's really, that's really, that is very interesting. Yeah, because that's when it gets really dangerous, right? Is because, um, and, and with gambling, you know, you can log on to you know, any computer or make a phone call and be completely anonymous, right? I remember, uh, you know, when I was in New York and I had my bookie, all I had to do was pick up the phone and say 814 and he knew it was me. I didn't even have to tell him my name, right? So, you know. Um, but does it drain you? Like, Theo, the, like, so where, where you're going with this, that analogy that you just made, my mind goes to, I understand the drugs and the alcohol piece of it as you're putting a substance in. It's the, it's the shame, it's the shame that kills. But but okay, so so shame is something I think we should go down the path of. I want to talk about even the run that you go on because I think whether someone's a sex addict or not, most consenting adults who are not you know abstinent have had periods of their life or days in their life where they've had a string of you know, okay, sex well, then, let's call it that. Let me define addiction. Yeah. Addiction is when you get negative consequences for your behavior. That's when it becomes an addiction, is when you face consequences. And and in Evander Kane's, you're right. You know, I don't get I don't get that. It's not addiction if if you're just without the outside issues like it's not I, I, that doesn't make sense to me isn't it addiction just just if you need it no uh-uh no no i i always understood addiction to be uh if you receive negative consequences from your behavior whatever that is doing drugs or gambling or whatever right gambling leads to what can't pay my bills, can't feed Thank my family. You. Those are negative consequences, you know? Um, sex addiction, I'm losing my relationship, you know? I'm not paying attention to my partner, you know? I'm preoccupied all the time. I'm in a monogamous, committed relationship. You know, those those are negative consequences, right? Same thing with, with drugs and alcohol. I can't go to work. You know, I'm missing work. Can't go to practice, you know, these kind of things. Any any negative consequences for your behavior, you need to look at. But there is a line between overindulgence and addiction, right? I mean, you know, so so I was using the, the sexcapade example, right? Like people have gone away with a significant other for a weekend. And, you know, I, I, what, what I find interesting about the chemistry of going to the well on something many times for a short period of time is, and I, you know, you guys can tell me if you feel this way, whether it is work and I'm enjoying the work, whether it is sex and you're enjoying the sex, whether it's alcohol and you're enjoying the alcohol, there seems to be a hangover period after you indulge in that way. And, you know, I, I think Theo probably where, you know, it gets really interesting as you were talking about the, co the cocaine addiction that you had on top of the other addictions. Tell me if this is right, but it, it would it would appear to be you're doing something like a gambling and you're stringing yourself out, you know, because you're getting the, the, the chemical levels up and you're, but, but then all of a sudden you're hitting a brick wall and then what do you do? You go to the cocaine to keep yourself going. So you right. can keep on the high of the gambling. Is that kind of the pattern that, that you see? Well, the reason why I sort of, um, was gambling is because they were taking all the other coping mechanisms away. Yeah, <laughs> right. right, right. So, you know, get the, the gambling was 
still okay on gambling the- was easy it was easier to it, in a yeah. way it was easier to get for you yeah but that's yeah. an important point right like hearing theo's experience there it further solidifies cements you know the idea for people out there that what these vices are are what our brain reaches towards when we're in the emotional pain, right? Because if, if, if it wasn't that way, that when those things were taken away, it wouldn't have been gambling that you turned to, right? It would have been, would have been, I don't know what else is out there in terms of advice, but um, you know, <laughs> only cause you had tried so many of them and so many of them had been taken away from you, but you, you also like you've shared that. And, and, and this is where it becomes interesting in the Kane situation, right? Cause we know that there was, problems between him and his wife that's not something that we're projecting here it's stuff that we've read about you know Theo you talked about like living life's on life's terms and that you didn't know how to do that and so you you talked about as you got towards the end of your career like none of these vices were working for you anymore so so difference between vices being taken away from you versus vices working for you and like when you have that many vices to go towards does one start to wane before the others do? Do they all start to wipe out at the same time? Is it like, how does it work in terms of like the loss of having those tools to, to, to use them for escape? Yeah, well, I was on a 20-year run. So, right? So, yeah, I don't. But but was it one of you say it's a twenty year run? But it's a twenty year run of of were you trying? Were you using all of those things at the same time? Yeah. So so then when 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 you started to wane, so to speak, was it you were waning on one versus the other? Did they all start to lose impact at the same time? They all lost impact around the same time. That to me is the most fascinating part of this. Like. <laughs> Because it, 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 what it shows people is the chemical you were you were using the hand signals and going serotonin, dopamine, serotonin, dopamine, right? And none of us on the three of us are not trying to pretend like we're neuroscientists, but we're we're dangerous enough to know a little bit about the neurochemistry here because we hang out with the smart folks like the doctor pleaners of the world and folks like that and the Kim Barthels, and so we learn about you know that there are these things called neurochemicals in our brain. And there are these things that bring us soothing, you know, capabilities and mechanisms that allow us to get through certain situations. And and the way in which, you know, going to the well on something starts to dry out on us, I think is is a fascinating thing for people. And I and I I bet you there are people out there, you know, as 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 Darren gets given a hard time sometimes because he works in the mental health space and then, oh, but you promote gambling as opposed to he's reporting on gambling is I think, you know, there's probably a lot of cases out there, Theo, Darren, too, where like someone is sober because alcohol did what it did to them. And then they find another vice like gambling that they go towards because I can't touch that anymore. I'm this thing called clean now. I'm celebrating my sober days, but they're needing to find the next thing that they can move towards, right? And in your case, you were doing them all at once, so the well dried up altogether. But I'm, I would assume for other people, it's jump, 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 one to the next once one has been taken away. Well, like I said, it was a 20-year run. So, you know, certain times there was more alcohol involved and the other times there was more cocaine involved and you know, more gambling. So, you know, it, it's, it's a fine, it's a fine line. Right. And, and for me, for me, yeah. I mean, it's, it's interesting obviously because I do so much work with mental health and work for a, a gambling organization. And, uh, you know, first of all, uh, one of the distinctions, not only for my journalism, uh, but also for my work with mental health was that, uh, I ha- if I were to work for someone, it would be for someone who would not actually be taking the money. So that was one uh, classification for me, for me to be all right with that. Um, which I means, mean, which means, just so that everyone's clear, you're saying the Action Network doesn't, as a bookie, take in the money on bets. We don't. We 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 are not a bookie. We are an right. information service like a Bloomberg. We we try to make you be a better better. So we are in the industry but we are not a sports book. Uh, uh, 
you know, nor do we take money. So, so the way it works is yes, we do make money from affiliate fees. If a new better signs up, we do not make money as that better spends more money. So some people think that's the case that, that I am motivated that my company that I have ownership in, or I used to have ownership in still have stock, but uh, that I'm motivated by people get spending more money at books because we continue to get money off those people. That is not true. Would that be illegal to do that? Nope. If you're an affiliate, you can potentially do that. My company made the decision not to, and I was fully for that. Um, I I think people go after me because I don't I don't overtly talk enough about gambling's perils uh that's the criticism uh but what i do do is i talk about bankroll all the time the importance of my bankroll um i tell people i bet on college football and nfl seven to ten thousand dollars a week uh that number never changes that's that's my within my own range of what makes sense um I one one of the things that we are, and I'm not trying to make this about the Action Network, but one of the things that we are are, you know, your bets go into your um, your account, and you can see your wins and losses. I can't take away those wins and losses, so everything's in front of my eyes and the 5,700 people on the app who follow me. That also creates a, an accountability. But so I don't. You I also you know that, that I don't. I don't have the addictive type of personality i walk in a casino and i don't ever go to the slot machines i on in terms of alcohol i've gotten drunk less than 10 times in my life i've never smoked a cigarette never smoked pot and never done any hard drugs and so but the and the reason why i bet and why i like to bet actually more has to do with the movement of my brain chemistry and i always have to be busy and I actually am feel myself more. This is what's so weird, and you guys can comment on it. But I am more mentally healthy, or at least I'm more mentally satisfied when my mind is always going. So, like on a weekend, and I'm doing the sports, and I'm doing this, and I got my bets, and I, you know, uh, it, it th that's that kind of, and and in a way, that might be an an addiction in you a way. Nailed, you just nailed your own diagnosis. <laughs> What? You just you just nailed your own diagnosis. I mean, yeah. only because I can relate so well, Darren. Like you, you've been open about what happened to you. You've been on this show open what happened to you in Canada, you know, during the Olympics. You, you you're someone who's got a tremendous capacity, as many of us do, for taking a lot of shit that's gone on in our life and putting it to the back, and then being able to focus on a lot of the things. Like Theo was able to focus on the playing of the sport. Like I was able to focus on the managing of staffs and sports teams and the way that you're able to focus on the creativity and the, you know, social media and the, and, and the different idea flows that keeps us going. But what it also does is it keeps us away from working on our stuff. And you've been very open that you had to take a very long time period after that Canada experience to work on your stuff. And so you know, are we modeling the best behavior sometimes when we say that? I mean, I, I think it's it's awesome that you're being open and willing to admit that, right? Because you're saying it's it's best for me, but it may not be best for me, right? I mean, I'm only sure. sharing that in the, in the big picture. It may not be for sure. best for me. For sure. Um, it, but I, I want to clarify what you said on the public seeing what you bet on. Is that you, Darren Ravel, or anyone on the Action Network app cannot hide what their bets are? So uh, ver uh, verified bettors cannot hide. I'm a verified better. So I put something, I bet through a sports book. The sports book then sends that bet through our BetSync app. And it goes into the Action Network. And I can't hide. So you, you know everything I bet on. You know I'm up, you know up $70,096 in NCAA football. You know I'm down. $6,739.32 in the NFL. You know I'm down $5,870 in the NBA. So it's all there. So so what is verified? Is verified based on what your social media Twitter status is or what? No, ver ver I guess verified is based on 
I think the Action Network allows you to become a verified better, and it just allows you. It means that you can't delete anything. And, and as responsible as look as responsible as that is, and it's it's more responsible than what I knew about. There's a reality to betting that you can be publicly seen on Action Network and be at a craps table at the same time, and no one has any fucking idea that you're at the craps table, right? So right. Th there's a little bit of of what gets you know shared that is public, but also things that you'll never know the full nature of it. Right. Right. Um, Theo, what I think is interesting is like, why do we hear so much about athletes and gambling so much? Like, why do those two things go together? And, and I, I have my reasons. I'm going to hold back on them. But but why is that the story that leaks? I mean, obviously, the most publicized story related to that is Pete Rose um, and betting on your own team, let alone betting generally. But if, even if we're just talking about betting generally, why why do athletes you think are are wired that way or do you think they're just picked on that the story is shared more what do you think it is well it's it's that lifestyle right you know it, it goes with you know the fame fortune you know all that all that stuff but you know there, there's there's just so many ways to be addicted to whatever you know like it's like we, we talk about OCD in sports, right? You know, the, the routine that you go through on a daily basis. Isn't that a form of addiction? Isn't that a form of soothing oneself? Yeah. Right? So, you know, addiction's all around us. And we can I did, I guess I'm wondering if like as a and we don't know the answer to this, right? Because we can't get into everyone's personal files, but as a percentage of what people turn to. Do athletes turn more towards gambling, let's say, than they do drugs, alcohol, overwork in terms of preparation, et cetera, et cetera, than the general population, right? Just, just look at Vegas, right? Right. Go to Vegas. All you got to do is land in Vegas and you get, you get this energy, you get this high, you get, you know, the lights, the, you know, the, the, the oxygen pumped into the casinos. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, you know, but I, you know, where, I'm, where I'm going with that is because Darren asked an interesting question. One of the first times we ever did an event, we were on our way up to Cornell and Cornell's got this. I think it's ill assigned, but well, you know, when you look at the numbers, but that there's more suicides that happen at Cornell in terms of the Ivy League schools and elsewhere. The data actually shows it's because, unfortunately, there are gorges there. And so the way that we lose people to suicide is more fantastical. Um, but Darren said, do you think it's that? There's a lot of smart people whose brains can go to some weird places and because their brains can go to some weird, strange places, it's a higher propensity towards, you know, existential thoughts and, and thoughts that are out there that leads towards suicide. Or do you think it's because it's a school that's primed with a lot of pressure and getting into med school and, and competing for grades and other people and having a lot of homework that that pressure from that and the stress from that leads towards it. Right. And so you brought up Theo, the, you know, the OCD aspect of athletes. And I mean, how many athletes have we had on the show already where, you know, my mind goes to like a Reggie Walker saying, you know, all I was doing to get to the NFL was like, I thought that was my escape from the hell that I was feeling as a kid growing up. And that once I make it into the NFL, I've now made it right. So a lot of them share how they were so focused and so obsessive. I know people hate the term OCD being thrown around, but I think it's, it, it's legitimate here. They were so obsessive about their sport and spent so much time focusing on it and every day in the playground, in the weight room and watching film that it led them towards the success that they're having. And that's all that they've known. And I just wonder if the athlete brain in some way, in terms of the escape that's needed, there's something about the gambling specifically and the high that comes from the gambling because it mirrors a little bit the competition aspect that they have become accustomed to in sport that's different from the addiction like the alcohol, the drug. Not saying that athletes aren't also very much in, in the line of fire there as well, sadly, as you know, Theo. But I wonder if the, the competitive nature aspect of it is what ropes athletes in a little bit more. Well, it's about it's about what's gambling about, winning or losing. What's sport about, winning or losing. So, so of course you're gonna, right? You know, um, and and gambling is, you know, like when you get on a roll, 
when you catch hot dice, when you catch runs of cards, when you, when you're handicapping sports events like a demon, right? Yeah, of course you're going to get more and more and more and more um, of what you need that you're lacking, right? Chemistry wise, because ultimately this all comes down to chemistry, right? If I'm getting the right type kind of chemistry, I'm going to keep doing it. I'm going to keep going with it, right? But eventually we cross the line, right? That's, that's where we got to be careful, right? And once we cross the line into it being an obsession, right, which is addiction, obsession of the mind is addiction. Once we cross that line, it's hard to come back. I want to go I want to go back to sex addiction here because this is fascinating me right now because are you do you think the athletes road lifestyle of having sex with nonstop women like that's that's an addiction right what's the difference between married guys having sex it's it's the same thing I hate I hate when sports gets lumped in in its own category when it's the big right picture here. right Right. The reason right. why we have this podcast is because not because athletes are inundated with mental illness. No, the whole entire world right. and planet is, and we're all looking for something to check out of reality. But That's there's a fascinating piece of what Darren brought up, uh, Theo, because I agree with you. It shouldn't be brought into a different category. What happened when Ashley Madison account got exposed? Were they all athletes? No, absolutely everybody. But to that point, and Ashley, you're actually going down the path I was going to go down with this. Darren, what you're noticing, like I'm going to be very transparent about this. Like when I lived in Phoenix, right? Theo, you almost signed there. I, I was working for the Suns, living in Scottsdale, really. Um, there were groups of women that hung out waiting for the away teams to get out of the game and the bars that we were at, they were waiting for them there. So part of why, to your point, Theo, I, you know, it isn't an athlete issue. And Darren, you may see it as such when you first think about it, I think is access. I mean, the, the average man, no disrespect to the average guy out there, doesn't have the access to what professional athletes have access to. I mean, how many stories have we heard about, you know, women waiting for, you know, a Magic Johnson after a game or something like that, you know, in L.A. Like these are stories that that we hear about and and it, and it, it creates this caricature of what it is. And, and I think to Theo's point, Darren, if the average man or woman, for that matter, right, had access to what you see some of these professional athletes have access to, it just draws them in I, 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 as I'm talking like things are coming to mind, memories are popping up. And I remember working for the NBA league office and, and we would go into the security briefing. The players would always have to go there before they would start, you know, their, their entry point into the weekend. And the director of security would say, this is what you need to look out for. And this is who's coming after you. And this is who has cell phones and make sure you don't get caught in these situations. Right? Like, so athletes are targets in that because we go towards the things that allow us to escape they have more access than most do and, and through the money and through the fame and through people chasing after them and then people wanting to take advantage of them. And so I think now I'm almost answering my own question on the gambling piece of it. You know, it, it it's, I, I don't know that necessarily, you know, maybe, maybe look, are there situations where someone who is a $30,000 a year person gets addicted to gambling? Of course we know that happens. Is it easier, as you were describing at the beginning of the show, Darren, when you're making millions of dollars a year, to be like, oh, I could bet 10 grand here, 15 grand there, 30 grand here, 100 grand there. And then it adds up and you're like, holy shit, what did I just get myself into? Like, Theo, I'm assuming with your gambling, you didn't sit at the, I mean, tell me if I'm wrong, did you sit at the table right away and put like a $5 million bet down, like right when you were there? No, right? It, it started somewhere. It was progressive, like everything else. Yeah, it was progressive. So, you know, um, let me just say this. Who, who do you think the biggest consumers of child trafficking are? Pedophiles. Pedophiles are the biggest consumers of, of you know, little kids that are trafficked, right? So, okay, that's obvious. 
you know, so it's like, it's, there, addiction is so available and it's so around us 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Like, you know, if I spend 10 hours on my phone, that's, that's a phone addiction, right? But you know Theo, doesn't I mean? that go so, into the category? Doesn't that go, like when you were saying sex and gambling are the only two where you don't need outside um I, I forgot about i forgot phone, about. And, and then and then i'm going to yeah. add work in there as well yeah i'm going to add work in there yeah. so so it's almost like a lot of devices where the chemistry can get created i notice it in myself like i sit there on the couch and i and and darren i could almost guarantee this goes on in your mind because you said you like to be made busy i'm on my couch and i'm like i've got another thing to do here for work I could sit here and get it done. It's going to make me feel like I accomplished something if I get it done, or I could take my dog for a, another walk, or I could go and just take a walk, stroll down to the park and, and take in some fresh air. And I default so often to answering that email. Yeah, I, I, I actually uh, do that, you know, 90% of the time until I have a night like last night where my mind is actually so freaking tired. I have to go to sleep at nine o'clock um but you're so, not choosing that let's let's be clear about that right because right? that just right. happened to me today on the way back after i came back from vegas right. that's your brain telling you darren yes. you didn't make the right choices to create the balance right. correct we're going to force shutdown of the computer for you that's right that's right and, and 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 what i you know going bringing that back to the gambling thing theo you were talking about the run people go on the opposite of that which which just breaks my heart when i see it is you see the guy or the girl at the table and they've got 20 bucks left to their name, but they came to the table with, with a hundred bucks, which was a lot to them. And they're down to 20. And then, you know, they won a couple of hands in a row and then the number, you know, the chips start going down and they're on their last 20 bet. And then they lose that last $20. And the look in their eyes is almost like the world is ending. And it's awful. It is, it is absolutely awful to watch. And, you know, having these conversations is important because i think you know like anything else the brain goes towards what feels good but if you can put a stopgap in there by hearing these conversations and saying i heard theo talk about it, it's a progressive thing i heard eric say when he's on his phone he can't stop himself from doing the next email i heard darren say you know his brain needed to shut off and he needed to fall asleep all form, all forms, all forms, all forms, and they, but they, but they, some are more, you know, consequences than others. You know, I, I it, it, different types of consequences, right? But like, I crashed my my brain and my body crashed after doing that for so long. And did that suck? Yes, but I was able to dig myself out of it after a while. The person who's got a family to feed, and is is going down that path of putting more and more money on the table or or in the app to gamble you're not only affecting yourself now you're affecting your family you're affecting your ability to feed your family you're affecting your ability to take care of your family you're affecting your ability to 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 get bills paid like it it, it it's you know certain things are accepted and certain things are not accepted in this world we, we've talked about that a lot like theo you've talked about sugar being like you know the addictive substance for for children right so and, and that we we say well eating a ton you know there yes there's fat shaming i'm not saying there's not that but it doesn't get the bad rap that gambling does it doesn't get the bad rap that you know alcohol addiction and 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 uh and drug addiction does um and i well, think there's there's an aspect because look at the amount of money being spent on advertising gambling sites now it's unbelievable right and and they're not going to advertise it in a negative way right it's going to be bells and whistles and you know lots of uh, action going on during the commercial right so that you're drawn into right so so then like, here's a so, so based on what you're saying here's a difficult question for darren darren you hate the ads in mental health space where they go having problems call you know the suicide prevention hotline call the crisis text line do you hate that with gambling the only stopgap is if you're having problems gambling call 1-800-GAMBLER yes 
And that that's that's why I think um, you know it, it originally was hard for me to accept, but Craig Carton, uh, you know, in New York, um, when he used gambling to try to make up for his ticket Ponzi scheming business, and then that became an addiction. Then he got caught by the FBI, and then he was out for a year. And then when he came back, he did he started a weekend show about gambling addiction, and I thought it was bull crap because i thought that was his way back until i actually started listening to it and it was actually pretty good i mean he was it it was more for the gambling industry that than anyone had ever done uh the way that he talked in such frank words and at first i dismissed it as you're doing this so that you could get back and but then the way he was so open and the way he clearly over the past year had actually learned instead of just quote unquote escaped jail was meaningful. And uh, it's interesting because FanDuel just hired him to talk about responsible gaming. And it's the first time in the industry that there's actual real talk aside from what you have to do, which is throw 1-800-GAMBLER on the bottom just to protect yourself. And I, I to, to, to piggyback off of that comment and that observation of carton i called up theo right after i saw the documentary on carton and i said this is a mental health story and it's interesting because the focus was this thing called gambling but what was revealed and very narrowly focused on in the documentary which i think was a two-hour documentary if i remember correctly was he was sexually abused when he was 11 years old never told anyone about it and lived with that until it was either his 30s or 40s and opened up about that and it led to a situation that he openly shared that he was on a ski lift, um, wasn't with his wife, and got this urge and this feeling. And how often do I talk about what suicidal ideations are for people, that they're a buildup of stress and trauma over time that eventually makes the, the train track in our brain switch to another track. And, and, and now we have a, a thought that goes away from survival and more towards escape um not something i don't think we choose he was saying his brain was telling him jump off jump off that lift jump off that lift which you know where he was at the time would have led to his death and he's calling his friend who you know he has a funny relationship with he he, he says we're never to speak of that again but his friend saved his life talking him not out of making the decision because again it wasn't a decision just making him feel comforted in that moment i got you you're gonna get off this okay you're gonna you're gonna get to the bottom of the mountain and and, and you're gonna be able to get off all right that collectively overall, to your point, Darren, I think the fascinating observation that you have is you're in the space, you're, you know, in sports, let's call it reporting. Generally, if you put you and Carton together, you're now similarly in a gambling space. And so the skeptic in you is is from a friendly competition standpoint. The skeptic is also from like a sizing him up. But but then there's also people who do the same thing to him that they do to you, which is, uh, you know, skinny dude is not that athletic like oh he's got a big time position right and so your mind goes to what is that person using that story for to 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 brush over everything so that that they don't actually have to address and not know. to go too far on carton but what's yeah. so interesting that i can't believe we talk about how people can function through their addictions and through their hell and we, i've talked about how i function through my anxiety generalized anxiety through my hell of actually having to be on live tv while i was in acute state of shock um and it's amazing to me when you hear about all the issues of craig carton that he hosted basically a radio show a morning radio show in the number one market in america he woke up every morning and lucidly spoke <laughs> as all this is going down that to me just well, is one of those character. other examples that that you can be highly functioning in many other ways i i think that ultimately did lead to his demise because i think that that allowed him to not deal with his shit in a similar way that theo was the rabid you know guy who was chasing after every single puck on the ice the same way that i was the guy who was gonna you know make sure that every you know decimal point was in place on a certain sale that was happening or, or working with a certain rep to make sure that their, you know, objection training was on point. I think we, we go towards those things. It, it you know, um, I heard, um, on clubhouse Paris Hilton talking about how 
she created a caricature of herself with the simple life character because she was afraid of other people judging the real Paris Hilton. So she, she, again, this is, this is coming out of her mouth. So people know her better certainly than I do, but that she, she created such a perverse version of what she would never want to be. So that as she heard some of the negativity about this thing that was supposed to be quote real life of her, her and Nicole Richie, the simple life, um, she could know that it wasn't really about her. So in Carton's case, my guess is creating a character that was almost helped him escape what he would be critiqued for if he was being him, his real self and that, that bought him time. But what, what that ended up doing was it also brought him down because he couldn't get away from the addiction over time. That's the, that fascinating balance. Some people crash and burn right away from it. And then some people create alternate versions of themselves to escape it and pretend like it's not happening. How often do you see people who live double lives and are cheating on their significant other, right? And 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 they they get away with it because they're living that other life. So it it it, it comes in so many forms. Um, and it, Theo, the 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 I think what's bringing back to the main topic of all this, which was the Evander Kane story. You know, the, there was allegations by his wife that the NHL checked them out. You know. In terms of the the idea of gambling on your own sport, it, it, do you think that is part of the addiction puzzle? Is that part of the obvious? And, and in Evander's case, again, he's he's cleared from this. But if someone were to do that, do you think that's more like an ego thing as opposed to an addiction thing? Yeah, I was just I was just thinking that you know how much more can I get away with, right? You know. So I don't know if that came into play or not because I don't, you know, don't know Evander Kane, never met him, you know. So, but, you know, when you're, when you're living sort of high risk behaviors, you know, eventually, you know, it comes. So do, you think, do you think someone, I mean, obviously whether, whether, you know, Pete Rose, who still, you know, finally admitted it. Right. So, so we know we have someone who did it. Um, I'm sure there are many other cases in sports that we don't know about, sadly. But so, so, so what you're saying there, Theo, is if I'm hearing you correctly, someone who gets the point of betting on games that they're in, it's more of an ego play and more of a what can I control? Or, or he is in big trouble. That's what I was going to ask. Like the money piece has to be part of it in some cases, right? Like, how, like if you're going to throw a game or, or you know, I, I assume back to your point of like we, it's crawl, walk, run. Someone probably thinks, "Hey, I'll point shave a little bit, and I'm not going to ever let our team lose." But instead of losing by, you know, instead of winning by seven, I'll win by five, you know, and I'll, I'll give up a layup, um, you know, on that next play. And obviously, there's a lot of fans who believe that type of shit happens all the time. Um, but it's, you know, it, it is fascinating to think what the motivation behind it would be because there's so many different things that could go through someone's mind that can make someone do it. And you wonder if it is the, wow, how cool is it that uh, I'm able to control this thing that all these people are betting on right now. And it's a power play, no pun intended versus if they, uh, you know, it's a money play because they're in trouble. I think you're right. I think the money play is more, I think it's less about, if anyone's to do it, it's less about how do I earn another 200 bucks, 500 bucks, maybe in the college space if it ever happened that way. Um, and obviously a lot more money than I just shared. But in the pro space, I, I think it's probably more of a trouble thing that someone's trying to get out of that like, damn, I, I, got, I got myself deep and now I got to get myself out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, there's, lots of, there's lots of moving parts, right? So, you know, it doesn't matter, right? You know, the hardest thing to do is be a fucking addict. It's the hardest thing in the world, you know, because all you're thinking about is getting high. That's it. Whether that's gambling, doing drugs, having sex, whatever, it's, that's all you're thinking about. And, and, but, mo but you, you say that it's the hardest thing in the world to do. I'm not disagreeing with you. And I think that we're not all honest with ourselves of how many of us are addicted to so many different things that are out there. 
course. Like, that's the world we live in. We yeah. live in a world where you can get addicted to pretty much anything. Yeah. Anything. I, 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 um, what, 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 what really shook me was we were doing a school event and we had this woman come and she's part of a crisis team. Um, and she, she speaks so kindly to the kids and she gets the kids to open up. And it was a middle school that we group that we were talking to. And she said, okay, you know, when you guys get come home from school and you're feeling all stressed and anxious, right? She didn't use the terms like depression or anxiety. She's just all stressed and anxious and strung out. And, you know, what do you turn to? And they all made this symbol. And for obviously people who aren't watching this, they looked at their hands like it was a, it was a tablet and they're pushing the tablet side to side. Right. And they're like games, YouTube. Right. And they're, and they're, and they're all talking about the tablet. And it, it hit me at that moment because these are middle school kids who are, you know, obviously drugs does appear in middle school, but, but most of the time where you start to see the heavier drug use gets to be in more of the high school age, right? Obviously it's market to market is different, but my mind immediately went to, holy shit, like these kids are using the tablet as the self-soothing tool, not sitting in their shit and dealing with it not learning coping mechanisms and that usage of that tablet or that phone is the entry point towards the usage when they get to high school of the drug, the alcohol, the sex, the gambling, all those other things. So it's like, we're almost like we think the phone, you know, okay, well the, the downsides of the phone are you're comparing yourself to other people on social media, not saying that's not a piece of it, you know, the downsides of the phone are you're looking at how many likes you have compared to someone else. I'm not saying it's not a piece of it. I think even a bigger piece of it that we have to start thinking about as a society is when we're giving the phone and giving the phone and giving the tablet over and over again at a young age to the kid, it's training the brain to say, I've got this tool that's an escapism tool that gets me away from feeling the things I don't want to feel. What's the next level of that when I need to find it? when it's no longer that that's doing it for me anymore or where I can escape it even more because this drug gives me even more of an escape than the tablet did. Right. I mean, you got, you guys have kids, so you see it a lot more than I do with, with your kids. You know, I see it with, with, with certainly the kids that are in my family, but I don't see it on a daily basis at my house. You know, like we're, we're going down a path where, it's scary. What, what, what I, you know, when people see the, the, there's going to, there, there, they'll, they'll, they'll be, they'll be a, a phone, um, phone and social media addiction centers. There has to be. There I has think... to be. There's no, kids are going to have to get sent away for weeks and and, and months the same way they get sent away for drugs. It's going to, how be... did your daughter deal with, like, for the kids who went away to camp? The Northeast, uh, she had, she had the Northeast Jew thing. Yeah. She had no, she had no, no iPad or phone for, for, for seven and a half weeks. Did those kids freak out when it was first taken away from them or, or, I mean, obviously that's a very I think there's so many question. different other changes like that were positive that, that went the other way. Like after the camp had secured themselves after a week, then right. they, they got no masks, which was something that, you know, obviously that there, that you're taking away something that is an anxious type of thing and creating. So I didn't I didn't feel like it was an issue. In fact, she didn't go back to the iPad right away when she got home. But right. I do think that I do think that there that phone and social media addiction and how we're going to deal with it in the same clinical ways we deal with drugs and alcohol. It is going to happen. But it's acceptable, right? think about the difference there like we have to get there but no one is you know we make we may make comments when we see the kids all sitting at the family table when they're when they're at the cheesecake factory all on their phone not talking to each other we make sarcastic comments but you don't look at that family as bad as if the five of the kids are there smoking a joint correct correct it's accepted yeah so but 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 what i what i'm what i'm encouraged about and by the way doing my own little practices here and there to try and do what your daughter did of even if there's five hours of a day and I'm like, I'm going to go to the park. I'm going to walk my dog. I'm going to going to shoot basketball and, 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 and get, get out of my headspace and how much better I feel when I get away from the social media for just five hours at a time. It's pretty incredible. So it's, 
you know, it's it's nice to know that the, it's. I think the brain is elastic enough and neuroplastic enough that, you know, while the addiction comes easily with the devices, and even you know, coming back to center with this topic with the gambling, you can you know get people off it, and you can get the brain back to functioning. You can get you know rehab, so to speak, to a to a place where you're feeling better. And hopefully that that for this session leaves people with hope, right? Because it's it's scary as could be and, and darren maybe you could to end you could give a little bit of the history behind this because i know you know a little bit of it is gambling was made legal overseas a lot sooner than it was here in the u.s right i mean in yes. terms of how and and their problems related to gambling addictions started in a greater quantities way sooner than anything we've i mean there's always been gambling problems here don't get me wrong but because states didn't allow it for so long it was harder to come by you had to go to an overseas site to do it and access wasn't as good going back to access again it, it right like the, the, there's a there's a yeah it's i not mean like it, right now you have europe you have europe already you know there's some soccer teams that said after you know so many years of having their you know their their the betting companies' names on jerseys that now they're going to pull them off and obviously you know kids have seen this from from the very beginning, um, you know, as a kid, I actually had no, I just love sports and had no experience with gambling. I don't like, if you love sports, it might not be possible anymore as a kid to not know about gambling. Right. It is, it is fascinating that it's become one and the same. And I think we're, we're at a place, unfortunately, where governments are out to make money. They, this is this is a way for them to make more you know what was once taboo is now acceptable and i i just hope that we learn from if it, it feel you'll you'll like this analogy the nba lockout happened the last time around and the went from 57 to 50 in terms of the percentage break um and here you have the nhl comes right after that has 57 we know it's going to end up at 50 and what do we still do Donald Fear holds, you know, you, you digs his heels in the ground and more games are missed and you end up in the same place we knew we were going to end up at. I'm hoping that we see what's happened overseas, that things have had to come full circle a little bit and that, you know, there are sponsors taking off. I don't mean to be derogatory towards the gambling industry. You know, we're starting to see it pop up more and more in places like, um, you know, where Ted Leonsis is in Washington and New Jersey with the devils and there's sports books popping up in, in arenas. It's happening more and more. I hope that let's just say this, if it's not going to go away, the stuff that you're talking about with carton, hopefully the stuff that we can talk about, you know, where you get deep into the topic, like we are here and you just give people the heads up as to what can happen. Then, then it's on people to make the responsible decisions on their own. Right. Because once once the cat's out of the bag of access, it's very hard to put it back in. But but I don't know that people are so well versed on well. If I just do this little amount, how much life can spiral out of control? And the more we tell these stories, the hope is the more people it, that that we we want that little red light to go off in their head to say, eh, that's a little too much at this point. I need to stop at this point. Whether that's high in the sky or not <laughs> that we're hoping for yeah theo well it's, it's you know it, it all comes back to relationship right and you know this has been a real difficult time for everybody to stay in the relationships that we're normally used to being in right and when you don't have those types of relationships for whatever reason then you got to replace them with something right and, you know, we've seen, you know, a spike in mental illness. Why? Well, because we, what is normal? We don't have normal human interaction for God's sake. Yeah. For exactly. two years. Yeah, exactly. And so here we are, right? So we're, we're, we're living in fantasy worlds of fantasy football and gambling. And, you know, that's replacing that's we have we haven't even talked Theo we haven't even talked about you know part of my coverage of gambling now is on memorabilia and stuff and crypto punks and 
and Bitcoin and Bitcoin. We are all ratcheted up everywhere to the highest level. I mean, we people who, you know, had quote unquote normal life. I mean, the way it's and then with the Bitcoin, it's like, hey, you can borrow here and borrow there and own a <laughs> own a crypto punk. And, you know, this and that. I mean, like, you know, at one point I own ninety three thousand dollars of digital horses. And my wife is like, am I crazy or are you crazy? <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, I, I'm getting I'm getting into the NFT space here pretty quick, too. So should be interesting. There you go. Yeah. Well, look, I I think forms of entertainment as a way to wrap this are always going to be, you know, part of our lives. I think this is a very trying time because we're looking for other things to keep our minds occupied. And so you develop, you know, if you take gambling out of it for a second, what is part of childhood? Part of childhood is developing, you know, you, you, you go a little too far and you touch the stove and your hand gets burned. And so then you know you can get this close to the stove without getting your hand burned, and that's as far as you go, and you don't go any closer than that the next time around. Or what's, you know, what's reasonable to say in a meeting, right? And what's acceptable to say in a meeting, and then you know where you can go and you get this instinct of crossing the line. I think for gambling, because it's got this buzz to it and this feeling to it and this flow to it, the only way we we can get people to not fall down that rabbit hole because it's out there for them to try it and 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 because it's it's available to them is to have these conversations and to share the stories like Theo shared about his own, but also compare it to the addictions that Darren and I shared and say, this is how it happens. It's slow, 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 little more, little more, little more. Holy shit, I can't stop this. And if just that pattern alone is what people get out of the show, knowing that as you start to build and as a little bit more chips go on the table and as you're spending a little more time not being able to turn away from your phone you the, the light bulb goes off the red light goes up goes on and and it says i need to i need to consider this for a second hopefully that's going to stop people from uh from from ruining lives and from you know from taking greater chances than what they need to take so well, and, and the bottom line is we talk about this all the time is is the importance of looking after yourself, right? The importance of taking time to, you know, work on your mind, calming your brain, you know, uh, getting out of your head, you know, doing things that, that uh, you know, can take you out of that craziness of, of you know, your, your mind racing and I can't shut down my brain and, you know, I'm having trouble focusing. I can't, you know, I can't, I can't, you know, it makes me think a lot about me. Like, right. Like I, 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 I say as if, you know, it's great that I don't uh, smoke and drink and, you know, but I have other addictions that are, that are called clean, like phone, like betting to make sure that my mind is go. I, I'm making sure my mind is going, you know, and uh, you know, so, so those are the things, you know, and and I admit that uh, you know you're, I'm just jumping from one thing to the other, but I'm almost jumping to addictions that are seen as okay versus not seen okay, but they're just as bad. Yeah, and yeah. that's well, you, know, and, you know then you know it's it's hard to self evaluate and say you know what I I might need to take a look at this. I might need to change some things that I'm doing. You know what I mean? And that. You know, but that when, takes, it's always, when it's always tied into job, it's yeah. a lot easier. Right. Right. <laughs> I'm making money. I'm making money. Right. Right. Yeah. But, but, it's, the, but the look, people, people can take away from this that when you're, when you, when you reflect and Darren just did, and I think has a different perspective on it now after this show than he did um, on his, on himself and, and, and the equivalent of what gambling would be in his mind and then and then how theo saw it as a player and, and and how i view it now and so you know in wrapping up here i i i just hope that people take away that you're not alone that feeling of wanting that juice that that being in the game the ex all stuff we all feel but 
if you can start to develop that instinct ever so slightly of, is this too much? This is one of those cases where we're saying it's okay to question yourself. Allow yeah. the questions to come into your mind. Mm -hmm. um, it's better for that to question, to come in and, and, and you not to lose your house, lose your, you know, lose your shirt off your back. Um, and, but, and it, it, it's like, why don't I have the ability to self-reflect, right? You know, what's going on? I get angry sometimes. For sure. That's, that's, that's an emotion that I'm very, very familiar with, you know? And, you know, it's what I find interesting is, you know, I, I, I can't get angry anymore. It's like that thing used to be such an, a great tool for me to, um, you know, get out of shit. <laughs> Now am I, I am I am I am I one of the hosts or am I paying for tonight? I just got I just got to get this out of the way. Am I paying for tonight? Sounds like I should be. But no, this is this is called relationship. This is called you know going back and forth, having conversations, talking about these things, being honest, being open, being forthright. You know, that's that's how this works. That's how the mental health space works. You know, is is you gotta. You got to bounce it off people, you know, and they either co-sign your bullshit or don't co-sign your bullshit, you know, and I want to be around people who don't fucking co-sign my bullshit. And are willing to try and make change. They yeah. want, want to try something else out. And it's not easy. I'm going to be the first one to admit when I know I'm supposed to do a meditation, but the work is in front of me. I oftentimes defer to the work because it's easier to do for me, comes more naturally to me. And I'm, I'm in that steady flow state. And that doesn't mean that that's what's good for me in the long term, because what happens to me is I crash the way that Dara did yesterday because it happened to me today. I was in the middle of doing work and I literally fell asleep in the middle of doing the work. My brain just said, enough of this. We're, we're pulling the plug on you. So, look, we don't know what the the truth is with the Evander Kane situation. He's not with the team right now. There's other allegations that they're looking into related to relationships between him and his wife. Then we we hope for both of them that they get the help that they need, um, and and that's not a cliche way to end. That's a, a a real wish from us, because people who take destructive actions are in pain. They're not taking destructive actions because they're this thing called a bad person. Um, they're in pain, and so for anyone else out there who's who's struggling or suffering or who. You know, whether that's openly or quietly, just know we've all been through it. It happens at different levels. It happens to us in different ways. We turn to different things, but uh, but it's what makes us human beings and, and what makes us want to talk on these shows and open up and share the relationships that Theo mentioned. So on behalf of Darren and Theo, which is the first time in forever the three of us have gotten together, which is awesome. I think, I th I think we got a lot done with no guests. Yes. Yes, this is a very productive, productive session. And, you know, look, Theo's life is interesting. <laughs> so, so we, so we don't always need a guest because of that. it's, it's, uh, it's all of us. By the way, I was betting the whole time during this show. That's what I've been doing. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a great disclosure for everyone out there, but, but only betting to the limit that you knew was available. Correct. Um, so, but on behalf of Darren, Theo, Eric Houston, we're all a little crazy, and we will see you next week. You just heard We're All a Little Crazy, brought to you by the hashtag Same Here Global Mental Health Movement and the Hockey Podcast Network.